Well, hello everyone, and uh, thank you and welcome to today's message for Sunday, July 18th for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. My name is Melvin Gaines. I am uh, uh, pinch hitting for the pastor, and we have a message today that's going to be very timely based upon where we are today. Um, just as a, a note uh, for the purposes of uh, this particular message and making sure that we are uh, covering re related to the context of what's going on here, we need to keep in mind that, of course, there has been so much that has happened over the last year in reference to the COVID-19 struggles that our society has had to deal with. And it's not just here, but all over the world. We have had unprecedented lockdowns, issues that have taken place where we just need to acknowledge that a lot of people were had, were had very anxious moments. Now, I would like to say that the phenomenon of anxiety is something that we uh, dealt with as a new thing, but it wasn't at all. Uh, statistically, suicides in the United States were up 33% over the last 20 years, and that was even before COVID. So you can imagine how much of a an impact that COVID would have on that particular statistic. And there was so much anxiety and stress that it affected children very deeply. There were five times more deaths by suicide in the United Kingdom uh, this past year than there was for COVID. Uh, these were for children. And we need to just keep in mind that there is so much that has been happening and people were having a very, very hard time coping. So this message is gonna make a general uh, case about what to do when we're dealing with stress and anxiety and a lot of that frankly has to do with just how we approach the Lord Jesus Christ and where we go to uh, where we go when we have difficulty or issues like that so with that in mind I'm going to go ahead and pray and pray that uh, the Holy Spirit does all the speaking here and not just my words but uh, the words coming from him that what's being said is indeed true and it is something that we can certainly hang our hat on and, and really, really pay attention to as we look forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to, Lord, just be able to quiet ourselves and hear you speak to us right now. Lord, we are certain you know all about what's been going on and what has been continuing and all the changes that have taken place because of a pandemic. And yet, Lord, you call on us to be strong to be courageous, to not be fearful, but Lord, help to show us now how to do those very things. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives and we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Each of us has gone through seasons or periods of life where things seem to be, for all intents and purposes, out of sorts, out of sorts. Now, this is more than just the realization that you ate something that doesn't agree with you. I'm referring to more of a change in your emotional state. And these are largely situational and can be environmental in nature. Now, this covers everything between anxiety to even situational or, situational or clinical depression, which can lead to even greater issues, including the desire to self-medicate your pain. There is not necessarily a reasonable explanation or even any explanation to determine why these things occur, why these situations occur. I mean, they can, in fact, take place without warning 
or without anything to see where they're coming from. Nevertheless, we experience these times of discomfort. It's when things just aren't going well. What events cause us to feel this type of discomfort? Now, most often we would answer this question by recounting significant events. You know, perhaps there is a death in the family, a loss of employment, or even an unexpected move of your job where you live. A lot of that happened last year. A lot of movement was taking place, and unfortunately there were a lot of deaths in the family and, and people lost their jobs. Now, all of these things certainly would have an impact on us, but let's not forget the things that take place in and around us that are far from monumental. While these things are not life-changing in themselves, they still create unsettling feelings. Uncertainty, a lack of clarity, and a desire for answers to what is going on. Take, for example, when your computer that you always rely upon to boot up and work suddenly stops working. Can you fix the computer's issue? Or does it need to go to the store for repairs, if it can be repaired at all? This can be an extremely uncomfortable and unsettling moment, especially if you need to get some work done. How about your cell phone? A number of us no longer have landlines at home. When it stops working, you wouldn't be able to call anyone unless you borrow a friend or neighbor's phone. And you won't find a pay phone anywhere. Those days are over. What about your car? Your reliable car that now has become unreliable. And imagine the stress that comes from not knowing whether or not the car is going to start up when you really need it. How about when one of your pets gets sick? Of course, there's also the additional possibility that your computer, your phone, your car, and your pet may involve a significant financial contribution to make things right again. Money has a way, all by itself, of compounding your unsettling circumstances, especially if you don't have any money. Each of these are examples that are hardly life-changing by nature, but they are still very unsettling. Now, understand something. These things begin to pile up the more you don't address them. It's one thing to have a death in the family or, or losing your job. Those are very, very clear. But these other items, as they continue to accumulate in your life, that can be a real issue as far as how you manage your health and manage your stress. But what are we talking about here? We're talking about life. Life has an ebb and flow within its series of events that we all must deal with. And we have to deal with it in some way or another. Life can be exhilarating at times and exhausting at others. Life is sometimes uncomplicated and other times unbelievable. It can be full of happiness or fraught with humiliation. Even more unsettling about these events is that God allows each and every one of these things to occur. That fact in itself can make this even more unsettling. Okay, so here are some realities about your unsettling moment experiences. First, these occurrences may have nothing to do with whether or not you are in fellowship with Jesus Christ. The second thing, God doesn't play favorites. Therefore, you're not exempt from these experiences. Galatians 2.6 refers to how God doesn't play favorites, reigns on the just and the unjust. 
How do you respond to life's changes and unsettling moments? Do you allow these changes to bump you from your normal routine, or do you retreat to an area where you believe you can escape from trouble? Now, in contrast, do you remain firm in your resolve to push through what is happening and learn from the experience? Now, the act of pushing through is not just about psychology or positive thinking to move forward. In fact, unsettling moments require much more than being convinced that everything's going to get better. We need to come to grip with the reality that as God is in control of everything that occurs in our life, he allows all events to take place in spite of how it affects us. Take a look, please, at Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. Turn to your Bibles and electronic devices to Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. And let's take a look at what it says here. Uh, this is the Christian Standard Bible version. It says in Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's where I made the comment about the just and the unjust. It comes right from here. Note that God is giving each of us the fact of life that he will allow things to happen to us for two very important reasons. First, first reason is for us to seek God in everything, whether things are going well or not. That's the first thing. The second thing is for us to learn and develop Christ-like responses in all circumstances. He wants us to proclaim his glory in our actions, whether things are good or not. And we need to seek after the Lord, seek after him in all these situations. So let's talk about that first part. First, seeking God in everything. It's very important in your personal development as a believer. It is a change from what used to happen when you did not know Jesus Christ. Take a look at Deuteronomy 4.29. Deuteronomy 4.29. And this passage is from the English Standard Version. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and all your soul. And that verse is very similar to what you read in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Two of the greatest commandments that God has ever given to us. Jesus is giving us the ability through the Holy Spirit to respond to life's events in a way where we are less likely to take offense or take things too hard and in more of a way where we can be humble and acknowledge God's presence. He wants each of us to react not in our flesh, but in the power of Christ. This in no way means that we won't be hurt that we won't be upset, that we won't be stressed out, that we won't feel tension. In fact, we certainly will experience all of these emotions when things are unsettling. But that's the key here. 
it's overcoming the emotional responses and truly looking to Christ for redemption, for power, for understanding, and all those things that will help us to relieve these things that are coming upon us. They're all unsettling these emotions, but God is calling us now just to look to him. So here's where we need to make the distinction now between the word stress and the word worry. God knows that we tend to stress out when we experience unsettling events, but God does not want our stress to evolve into prolonged worry. Prolonged worry. God is concerned most about this state of worriedness by his people because, according to scripture, worry is the exact opposite of faith. Worry is the exact opposite of faith. Now, please note here that while God's word reminds us that we will experience difficulty and stress in life, there is a great alternative to worry, and that is to rest our faith in Jesus Christ. Many Bibles have a header over the following passage we're going to do. Uh, it's either going to be called the cure for anxiety or do not be anxious. Just when you think that there is no answer to a lot of questions, God provides a lot of answers right in Scripture if we just go and take a look at it. And where I'm referring to is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Turn please to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. That's a relatively long passage, but we need to cover the entire context of it to make sure that we understand what the, frankly, what Jesus is saying in this passage. This is the English Standard Version. Verse 25, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. Verse 31. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Listen to this next verse, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. And then verse 34, Therefore don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, the Greek word for worry used in this passage is merimnaho, merimnaho. Uh, which means to be over-anxious, distracted, or pulled in different directions. This is the polar opposite of faith. 
When you're pulled in different directions, when you're distracted, when you're anxious, that's the opposite of faith. Now, this is important in that we are all tested as to how we trust God in difficult situations. We will fail this test when we take matters into our own hands. And that's a promise. We can fall by the wayside when we allow life's stresses to take the focus off of Jesus Christ. God wants us to seek him first as he promises to provide a measure of what we need to overcome life's settling events. He does not want us to worry simply because you can't worry and have faith at the same time. You can't do both. As the faith of a believer is necessary in salvation, it is critical in the ongoing development of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. This is going to be from the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. This is your ongoing development in Christ. The fact that you're saved by grace is not any work that you're doing. It's what God is doing for you. And also, when it comes to faith, take a quick look at Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Again, from the Holman Christian Version. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Pardon me, that's the wrong passage. Let me read the correct one. Hebrews eleven six. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. Without faith, you can't please God. Now that word impossible that we just read has a finality all its own from a human perspective. We should be thankful and eternally grateful that we serve a living God where all things are possible. That's Matthew 19, verse 26. We are to dwell on God's goodness in our faith that he will keep every promise he has ever made to us. Do you believe that? He will keep every promise that he's made. He's kept promises already. And any promises for the future, he's going to keep those too. Here's a promise that we are to embrace as we overcome life's stressful moments. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. English Standard Version for this one. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Amen to that. Amen. Seeking God in everything is essential to overcoming unsettling events 
and in the growth and progression of our faith. Our faith is growing as we trust in him, as we see evidence of his life, as we move about and we just see that God is with us in all that we're doing as we remain obedient to him. Secondly, and finally, our development of interpersonal relationships also receives the benefit of our trust in Jesus Christ. We respond much more favorably to those persons who have hurt or betrayed us because we have a better response in Christ than those who are in the world. When someone wrongs you, how do you respond? What is your response? Remember what Jesus Christ said on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. Was Jesus Christ not being wronged at that time? Was he not being accused falsely as far as blasphemy was concerned? He spoke truth the entire time, and yet there were his accusers. And yet he said, forgive them. We have a much more humble approach when we trust in Jesus Christ than we do without Christ because we have to understand that we would be condemned on our own unrighteousness if it weren't for what Jesus Christ does for us. Before we condemn others, we need to be very cautious that we don't do something that puts condemnation upon us, ourselves. 1 Peter chapter 5, I'm going to read that for you, verses 4 through 7 in the English Standard Version. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. How about that? Humility is the stepping stone that we have to take in order for us to truly receive honor before the Lord Jesus Christ. And, in, and that includes giving all of our cares and worries and concerns over to him. We are more humble when we see Christ. Therefore, we are much more likely to be forgiving and merciful because we're living in a Christ-like manner. Don't miss the opportunity for ministry to others as your positive and compassionate responses of patience and forgiveness will go a long way toward during life's unsettling moments. A long way towards overcoming those unsettling moments. We always should be mindful of treating others in the way that we want to be treated. Amen? Treating others the way we want to be treated. That's the ultimate thing that we can all do. By doing that, it's going to suppress a slew of destructive comments that might be forming in your mind, in your head, and suppress them before they come out. Take a look at this passage with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It's important to see this here because this is something that specifically has to do with correction of someone and it's correction within the confines of a church and how to respond to these things. There should always be church discipline in place for those moments when someone 
does something that is just totally unacceptable within the church. And this is something that helps us to be able to deal with that issue. It's still painful, it's still difficult, but there is a process and there is also trusting the Lord within that process. 2 Corinthians 2 verses 5 through 11, Christian Standard Bible Version. Verse 5, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, Paul speaking, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. The punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. I wrote for this purpose to test your character to see if you are obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ, so that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Remember, Satan's a divider. Christ is a unifier. This is a unifying message here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In spite of the pain, in spite of the difficulty, forgive the other person and don't overburden them with excessive noise and chatter, saying you should never have done that in the first place. Well, that's understood, isn't it? But again, it comes down to the fact that we're looking about living in such a way where we are living for Christ and not for our flesh. And that's where we are with this. And Satan wants to divide people. And Satan will keep trying to divide people. You just have to make sure that you don't allow it. Live for Christ, and that will take care of that issue. Satan aims to ruin our fellowship with Jesus Christ along with our testimony before others. If he's successful, it's devastating. And the lasting results could occur as well too. There's only one successful way to avoid being manipulated by Satan. Go to James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. James 4, verses 7 through 10. It says, so humble yourselves before God. Amen. That's how you beat it. That's how you take care of the manipulation. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. That's in the same message, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's where that comes from. This is the NLT version. That's why it reads that way. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. When we seek the Lord, we are stronger and more resilient in Him at all times, and especially those moments when things are not going our way. Our challenge is to live a consistent life for Jesus. When life's events are unsettling to us, we are not to shrink back in fear. Jesus settles the unsettling moments with his peaceful presence. Amen to that. John fourteen twenty seven. Turn to that. 
John 14, 27, the English Standard Version. Oh, if we would just read these passages in moments where we're unsettled and look back at what the promises are that Jesus Christ has made, he will help us to manage. He will help us to get through those situations. And let me add something to that as well, too. You know, for some of us, we've had to take medication because of issues like depression or anxiety. Well, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know why? The Lord provides what each individual needs for their situation. It still means you need to turn directly to him, though, and look to him in all things. Look at what it says here in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. These are all wonderful reminders. We have so much to learn from our experiences. And Jesus is ready and willing to teach us in order that we can be a witness and testimony to others. He's showing us something. For all of this, he loves us in an amazing way. I pray that you can see that for yourself as well too. Take this message and go back over it and look at it again. And look at all the reminders on what God has done for us in unsettling times and moments. We serve a good God. Amen. Father, we thank you for what you, teach, what you are teaching us and what you are doing for us. Spiritually, emotionally, helping us to get through life's difficult moments. Lord, I pray for others that I know who have been scuffling for a while now. Lord, I pray that you just bring them peace right now. I pray that you just manifest your presence in their lives to the degree that they understand without you, they can do nothing. And when they get to that conclusion, they recognize that you indeed are there to help them through those difficult moments. Lord, I just want to thank you. You are to be praised and glorified for the changes that you make in people's lives to recognize this truth. Help us along each day, O oh Lord. We know that every day is not going to be smooth. There will be bumpy moments. But Lord, we just want you to be right there with us when we have those moments. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for your encouragement as well, too. We give you praise and thanks for all these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today for today's message. I pray that it is something that you can just look upon and understand that God truly does want to have this relationship with you that helps you to overcome all obstacles. He is the great promise keeper. He keeps his promises. He'll be there for you if you call upon him. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Have a great day.